Welcome to Growth Island, your go-to podcast on how to be the best version of yourself. Now, let's join your host, Mess Freeze, as he interviews high performers and experts in nutrition, meditation, exercise, relationships, business, general health, and life's bigger mysteries. Thank you so much for tuning in again today. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, which are happiness and meaning. So what can we actually do to be more happy? And how do we find meaning in life? For that, I found an expert that is, let's just say, really seasoned in this uh, subject. It's Jonathan Robinson. He's a psychotherapist and best-selling author of 12 books. He's reached over 100 million people around the, the world with his practical methods. And his work has been translated into 47 different languages. 47 different languages. That's a lot of languages. I'm not even sure that I know that many languages. So uh, Mr. Robbins has also made uh, numerous appearances on the Oprah show and been on several other national TV shows. And he also hosts a podcast called The Awareness Explorer, which is we're going to learn a little bit more about as well. So Jonathan, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Thank you, Matt. I'm looking forward to it. So Jonathan, you've done pardon my friends, a shitload of stuff and written so many books and, and learned for so many experts around the world and now a big expert yourself. Like, how did that story start? Like, how did you get into all of this stuff? Well, I was lucky in that I had my midlife crisis at age 12. Uh, I grew up in a rather dysfunctional family and, you know, kind of became suicidally depressed at that time. And then I said, uh, before, you know, offering myself, I think I'll research what might be possible that I can do to help myself feel better. So I got into self-help books. I became a, a hypnotist by age 13. By age 14, I was meditating every day. I developed a photographic memory so I could read books really quickly. And I was always asking myself, is there anything here that I can do in a couple minutes that really works? And, you know, a lot of this stuff doesn't work for most people, but if you try enough stuff, something works. <laughs> and so I kind of developed a hobby of collecting methods from everybody from the Dalai Lama and the late Mother Teresa to uh, my happy friend and my happy dog and, and wanted to see, okay, what really works for me to feel better and connected and peaceful and blissful and loving and that's been my life mission. It's pretty good. You interviewed the Dalai Lama? Yeah, I got to interview Mother Teresa, Dalai Lama. If you've heard of them, I probably have interviewed them. Um, and I've been very lucky that way. I, I can be rather persistent. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know who Deepak Chopra is. Do you know him? No. Nope. Oh, well, he's a famous author, but I, I had to pursue him for about six months before I finally got an interview from him. <laughs> perfect well it's about not giving up mm -hmm. so so what are some of the things that you learn if we start with happiness and then we'll move into meaning a bit later and both of them are super related uh -huh. but um well there's science that shows that certain methods can have a huge impact on happiness and i'm kind of lazy and i've used that laziness to actually focus on what are the methods that take 
three minutes or less to do, but mm. have scientific backing. And like, for example, if you do an act for kind of kindness for a stranger or friend, that boosts your happiness level a lot in a very short period of time. Or um, certain meditations uh, that can take three minutes or less have been shown to have a dramatic effect. So is that the loving knowing kindness what the meditation? Science says, but also trying to what was that? Is that the loving kindness kindness meditation or what meditation is like the three minutes? Well, I'll I'll do one right now that's uh say 30 seconds. Um think of a person or animal that you love, especially animals or young kids are good. And just remember a time when you felt really connected to them, really a uh, wonderful time with this person or animal and feel your gratitude towards them. Feel how lucky you are to have them in your life. And if you want, you can imagine hugging or holding them in a way that helps you to feel even more connected or imagine telling them how much you love them, seeing how happy that makes them and just feel that in your heart and let your heart really tap into that feeling of love and connection. So doing that for 30 seconds can help you to feel better. And with practice, you get better at it. So, you know, we're all caught up in our heads and busyness and pandemics and blah, blah, blah. But if you tap into feeling the love within yourself, uh, you get better at it because like a muscle, it grows stronger each time you do it. Makes sense. That was a really nice exercise. I was thinking of my niche. Super simple. Uh -huh. I What use my dog. Sometimes with my <laughs> wife, I might have a little bit of baggage. Oh, go on. No, please continue. You said uh, you use your go dog on. with your wife. There's a little bit of uh, baggage once in a while. Yeah, yeah. But with my dog, I have no baggage. So, you know, uh, whenever I think of her... Um, I feel really loving and, and, you know, here's another thing I do, you know, a lot of people feel love for their pets. So every day I kind of bow down to my dog and I tell her how much I love her and I pet her behind the ears and I kiss her nose. And, um, I just spend a while doing that. Here's a great way to feel more happiness. If you find yourself in a happy moment, a loving moment, just try to stay there. You know, a lot of people, when they are having a good time, they then have a thought, oh, I really need to get back to work, or I really need to do this. Well, you know, you can double the amount of happiness you feel just by staying more time in those moments and not rushing off to something else. Yeah, makes sense. What are some of the other things you do on a daily basis in regards to happiness? Um, well, besides staying in happy moments or uh, loving my dog, certainly time in nature is helpful. But also, I think how you move your body. You know, they say that if you sit for many hours a day, it's like smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. So um, uh, getting up and dancing, playing some music uh, and just dancing around or singing, these are all very simple ways to uh, immediately tap into feeling better. And when your body's full of energy um, and moving around, it's hard to feel bad. True. I try to sing, even though I sing horribly. 
I think everyone can sympathize. You know, it, but it's a good feeling. Yeah. Um, many years ago, uh, when I was interviewing a lot of spiritual leaders, I asked them what they did to feel better if they ever got down. And a lot of them talked about the importance of tapping into gratitude. And uh, which surprised me. I thought they'd talk more about tapping into love or God or something like that. But a lot of them talked to me about the importance of tapping into gratitude. Well, many years ago, um, I had a friend who came back from India and he said that he had a guru give him a mantra that helped him to feel overwhelming gratitude and that changed his life. So I asked him what this mantra was. And he said, uh, I can't tell you, you'll have to go there yourself and get it from the guru. Well, I'd made it my personal mission to find the best methods on the planet for tapping into peace and love and gratitude. So I went all the way to India. Have you been to India, Mass? Yes. It's a very special place. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's very polluted. It's loud. It's... It's a hard place to get to from where I am. It's 18,000 miles away. But I get there, and then I take a rickshaw for five hours to get to the ashram, and I'm jet-lagged and worn out. But I finally get a chance to talk to this guru, and I say, what's your mantra for feeling overwhelming gratitude? And he has a deep Indian accent, and he says, uh, ah, yes, my mantra is the most powerful mantra on earth. And he leans in to whisper into my ear. I'm very excited. And he says, whenever possible, repeat these words. The mantra I give you are the words, thank you. I look at him. I, I think he's joking with me. <laughs> and I, but he has no smile on his face. And I, I say, thank you? That's it? I traveled 18,000 miles to get thank you? That's it? And he says, no, that's it is the mantra you have been using. And that makes you feel like you never have enough. My mantra is thank you, not that's it. That's it will get you nowhere. So I'm really pissed off. And uh, so I look at him and I say, well, thanks for nothing. And he looks at me and says, thanks for nothing is not the mantra. You must say it from your heart many times a day. So when you eat good food, say thank you. When you see your child or a sunset or your pet, say thank you. And soon you'll be filled with gratitude. Well, I figure I'd travel all that way so I would try it. So, you know, I leave the, the ashram and I get into a taxi and there's air conditioning in the taxi, which is nice because they're extremely hot. I say thank you for the air conditioning. And then I go to my hotel room and uh, there's a bottle of clean water there. And I say, thank you for the water. I open up my computer. I mean, think of it. We're talking across the planet right now. So I open up my computer and I use Skype to talk to my wife for free across the planet instantaneously. And then I see my wife. I'm grateful for my wife. I say, thank you. I have tears coming down my face. And she says, wow, that must have been some mantra he gave you. And I said, yeah, it's really powerful. You know, so maybe 10 times a day, I take five seconds and I tap, I feel my heart and I say thank you for like the fact that, 
you know, I get to talk to you or I get to pet my dog or I get to eat these potato chips. I really like so that's that. That's a nice little method that people can use during the day. Yeah. That was a new approach to the gratitude. So most of the listeners... You know, have, I, I think... Yes. So most of the listeners have heard me talk a lot about grateful. You know, a lot, a lot of, what I like about this method is that you can do it while doing other things. You don't have to stop and write in a journal or anything. It just becomes part of your life. Yeah, it's very simple. I write a gratitude journal and I talk about that in most podcast episodes. And for me, it's one of the most powerful things. But this is such a simple way as well, just to remember to be grateful and actually see all the good things in life. I think it's crazy that we're living better than kings and queens did back in the days. Like we have toilets that are working, we have music, we have uh, spices, we have the possibility to talk to people from around the world. We can travel to places that kings and queens were never like never had the chance to travel to. So like we're living a life that's, if you compare it to kings and queens back in the days, we're like almost gods compared to like how we're living all. Apologies for the religious people, but like we're living much better than kings and queens, but still we're not feeling that happy. So it tells us something about the approach that we are, we're doing is, is not material wealth or anything else that really gives us that joy. Quite true, quite true. And as you know, um, a sense of meaning is a big part of feeling happy. And I think we have an epidemic of lack of meaning, you know, a loneliness epidemic, a drug epidemic, um, a lack of meaning epidemic. And um, I think there's two ways to come up with meaning. One is to have goals that are meaningful to you. But another way is to feel like you're serving a cause that's greater than you. That cause could be that you're serving God or you're serving a charity or something like that. I volunteer in prisons and people often ask, you know, you know why do I do that? And I say, well, it's great. I feel like I'm serving these people and I get to get out of prison every single week. It feels fantastic. <laughs> sure. So what do you do in those prisons? What do you help them with? Do you help them with learning about gratitude and mindfulness and so on? Yeah, it, uh, both those things. I, we, we, uh, I teach in meditation, you know, because a prison is actually a lot like a monastery or ashram. In fact, I, was in a, I lived in a monastery and ashram for about five years. And, you know, I was paying basically to be in a prison. I said, hey, you guys get it for free, you know. Uh, you might as well learn how to make use of it. So some of those people are, you know, are meditating now a few hours a day, and they're in a state of bliss. Really, they're not in prison. They're, they're feeling great. And, you know, this pandemic has, some for a lot of us, put us in a kind of little prison. You know, it, it shut some doors, but when one door closes, another opens. So, you know, the fact I, I'm in California, we're in lockdown still can't really go anywhere but you know i kind of enjoy it i meditate spend time with my dogs my wife nature uh so it really depends on what's how many skills you have for tapping into uh the heaven within i fully agree on that so what are some approaches or techniques you have for finding meaning first of all find out what is meaningful to you 
Um, now, one way of doing this is to ask yourself, what would I like to be known for by the time I die? You know, do you want to be known for as being a loving person or a great sense of humor or being somebody who helped others? If you can think, what would you like to be known for by the time you die? That, that might help. Another thing is to write down what you would do with six months left to live. Where would you go? What would you say? Who, what would you do? Uh, that kind of taps you into the things that are most important to you. Hmm. So um, throughout your life, you know, what, what's important to you might change. Like right now, uh, what's most important to me is um, how to help people tap into something I call pure awareness. Pure awareness is the, the background of our awareness that when people tap into it, they experience a state of bliss. And so I have a podcast called Awareness Explorers, which is all about methods for doing that. And some people tap into it right away. It changes their life forever. So uh, learning how to do that myself better, how to get other people to do it. You know, when I do that, I feel like I'm really doing what I'm called to do in this moment. Uh, but I think you have to experiment, try different stuff and just feel like, hey, that felt really meaningful. That felt really good. When I'm with the prisoners, I feel that. Uh, and I think it changes throughout our life. So just because something was meaningful to you 10 years ago doesn't mean that it's giving you juice right now. Definitely feel that. So what's, what's an example of getting to pure awareness? It's hard to describe in a brief way, but you know, if I said to you, uh, try not to be aware for the next 30 seconds, you couldn't do it because awareness is always here. You know, if you're awake, But what pure awareness is, is being aware that you're aware. And when you do that, there are methods, for example, normally we identify with a part of our ego, like I am Jonathan, you are mass, I am a man, I am, and here's a method you can use. Imagine you, you had like a whiteboard and you said, I am. What do you identify with? I am a man or a woman. I am, you could say your name, but what if you then deleted your name and you're back to just I am? What if you said I'm a man or woman and you deleted what came after I am and you're back to just I am? What if you said your occupation and then deleted it and then you could just feel I am? You start to get into that you are just awareness in this moment. Now, we identify with different things, but in this moment, you're just looking out some eyeballs into a world in this instant. And when you can train your brain to just be in this moment, being, looking out this second and not identified with all your stories and all your thoughts and all your feelings, but just here right now, As you tap into that, you feel peace. And then if you go deeper into it, you even start to feel bliss. So there's a lot of methods to help people to like almost trick them into this experience, which is what my podcast is about. 
And whether I'm talking to the Dalai Lama or, uh, you know, other spiritual teachers, that's what they do. That's why, you know, the Dalai Lama had all his friends and family tortured. And yet, when you meet him, he's as happy and blissful as anybody just because he's just here right now, you know, tapping into that. But sometimes it takes learning some different methods to find the way that helps for you. And what could one method be? Well, besides that I am and like, uh, uh, I'll do another 30 second meditation. Um, so, so try this uh, if you can, close your eyes just for a minute and imagine that you could erase with a big eraser uh, your feet. You're erasing your feet from existence. And then you're erasing your lower legs. And then you're erasing your upper legs, erasing your pelvis area, your stomach area, just arm, erasing your neck. Now you might feel like you are in your head. What would happen if you started to erase your head, erasing your jaw, your nose, and then erasing the rest of your head. What is left? I would say what's left is your awareness and thoughts. What if you then could erase your thoughts? Would you still exist? What you would feel if you can erase your thoughts to the extent that you can is that there's just an awareness. And what is that awareness? You can't erase it. And it has certain qualities. It feels peaceful. It feels centered. It has no boundaries. It's vast. It's spacious. It's always here in this moment in the background. As you learn to tap and stay in that awareness, you get to experience a very spacious peace. So hopefully, as you slowly come back to the room, slowly come back to material world, three dimensions, you have a little bit of sense of that centered stillness, that peace that is always in the background. So you could say that that's like a one-minute meditation But with practice, you get better and better at staying with that, that peace. I think we lost Mass in the process. He's, he's, uh, he looks like very smiling there. How was that? Very nice and peaceful. Good. Uh-huh. At, uh, at my website uh, for the podcast, awarenessexplorers.com, We have about 50 of those meditations, and they're all free. They're all guided, like 50 different techniques. And what's great is once you find a method that you really connect with, then you have a friend for life. Yeah. I think that's one of my main things with the podcast as well is there's so many things out there you can do. Mm -hmm. It's about figuring out what works well for you. Looking at yeah. what does research say works for a lot of people. So looking at studies saying like this is making a lot of people happier, but test it out for yourself. And like if gratitude journal does not work for you, 
don't worry about it. Try something else right. out. So is it one of your, Jonathan's, meditations or something else out of mind, um, loving kindness meditation? It's a matter of testing a lot of different things and figuring out what sticks and resonate with you and give you that peace. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people use methods that they learned either from their religion or from somewhere else that don't really work that well for them. And they don't necessarily know that, you know, a lot of the methods from religions are 2000 years old. You know, they may not work that well today. Nobody has a 2000 year old computer. We don't even have a 20 year old computer. You know, if somebody has a 20 year old computer, you, you laugh, you think, well, that's totally out of date. Uh, but people are using methods that were invented 2000 years ago and thinking, wondering why they don't work so well for them now. It's a good point. Any other things that you do during the day often or one of your favorite things that works for you? Let me think. Uh, there, there's so many. I'd say that one thing that can work really well for people, you know, you look at what little kids do. And little kids will sing. They move around a lot. Also, when kids are having a hard time, they might, or my dog, if he's having a hard time, he might just shake. You know, just get up and shake your body. That can help you through difficult feelings. I also tell people, you know, I'm a psychotherapist. I teach them something called the Sedona method, which I think is really good. And there's a lot to it, but they do have a question in that, which I think can be helpful for getting rid of negative emotions, not rid of them, to release them. And it basically involves just feeling what you're feeling, not resisting it and welcoming it and allowing it to be there. And then ask yourself, could I let this go just for right now? You know, cause a lot of daily life is filled with little frustrations and we forget to let them go. You know, my computer wasn't working really well right before this call. I was a little frustrated. And I just felt the frustration. I said, okay, let, now my computer was back working. So it wasn't like it was a continuing problem. So I said, could I let go of the frustration just for now? Well, yeah. You know, it didn't need to be there. No. So I've found that I can, I think it's also from a lot of practice that kind of reflecting on myself once in a while, if I get uh, very warm in my body and irritated to kind of, Try and look at myself from the outside like, mess, is that, is that really needed to be irritated here? Like, I guess it's similar. Like, couldn't I just let that go? Is that, is that really mm -hmm. something that should affect your day? And then yeah, I kind of yeah. laugh at myself instead. Having a sense of humor about yourself can really help. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's sometimes funny, like, how small things can get to us, even though we're practicing a lot. And I think that helps me to just fully appreciate and respect that I'm uh, in a flawed human like everyone else, but that I'm working on it and I allow myself to be human and then kind of laugh off like, all right, that's just how it is. But at least I can stop myself and do something else. Yeah. And rather than what a lot of people do is they get down on themselves. And here's a great method for getting down on yourself for people who get lost in that. Focus on how incredibly well you do it. So when I'm getting down on myself, I go, man, I am so good at this. I am awesome. 
you know, if there's an Olympics on self-criticism, I, I'm going to get the gold. Like, yeah. look at how well that part of me does that. It's really good, you know, and that just, that's appreciation. Anytime you appreciate something, it changes the energy. So I will kind of laugh at myself at how well I'm doing that. And that tends to get me out of it. That makes sense. That makes sense. What's one of the things that surprised you in this entire journey on looking for happiness and meaning where you're like, wow, that works. That doesn't make sense or wouldn't intuitively think about that. Well, I used to think that this was something that if you work on a bunch of years, you get there eventually. But really, life comes to us one moment at a time. So it's really a choice. You know, I go from extremely blissful states to deep upset 50 times a day, back and forth, you know? So it's kind of a level playing field. We all get to choose our next moment. And it's not that the Dalai Lama never gets upset or you and I never get upset. It's that when we do, we have ways of tapping into better feelings or releasing the feelings that kind of get stuck. So I used to think it was a place I would get to once and for all. I'd be enlightened. But really, it's a matter of choosing the next moment and uh, doing the things you know that work and trying to keep yourself from doing the things that don't work. It's continuous work. <laughs> I think that's so important. I've heard a lot of... I've heard someone like uh, Tal ben Shaher, if I pronounce his name yeah. right, um, mm -hmm. and Sean Anker as well, where people are like, but then you should always be happy as you study happiness. And they're like, no, I'm... I'm human. It's human to feel different emotions. The difference is just I focus on stuff so I have less negative emotions. And then I respect when I have negative emotions and I don't beat myself up about it. And I do something to stabilize myself. Right. So, right. I think that's so important to remember as well. Yeah. Not, and you can even you can even learn to um kind of savor or enjoy certain emotions. Like I don't, I used to feel sad a lot. I don't feel sad hardly ever now. But when I do, I kind of savor it. Like, oh, like a fine wine. I haven't felt sad for a while. Oh, this is kind of, this feels very human. This feels very deep. And it's almost like, like savoring a fine wine for me when I get into certain negative emotions or uncomfortable emotions. And that actually helps them to move through me much more quickly than if I resist them. Yeah, I, I can relate to that. So Jonathan, mm -hmm. what do you do? To, uh, have you ever experienced that people are like, oh, you're always so happy? People do tell me that, yes. Yeah. So what I often get that. Uh, people are like, oh, but you're always so happy, miss. Everything uh -huh. is so easy. How, how do you react on that? Like uh, I normally smile and say like I put in a lot of work. And I also have difficult times, but I do focus a lot. I do take care of my sleep. I do try to meditate. I do try to eat properly and so on. But Well, I, I, I actually say things similar to what you said, but I said um, I was a suicidally depressed teenager. So if this stuff can work for me, it can work for you. And it doesn't need to take time. It just... All you need to do is find a practice or two that actually works for you. And then you uh, will be in the same playing field as me. You can choose any moment and know how to tap into something better. 
Yes, I will try and use that the next time. <laughs> you can also yeah. just say thank you. Yes, I normally do. I say thank you. And then if uh, if they get annoyed, they're like, but you have to see like, this is a really hard situation. I'm like, I fully appreciate it's a hard situation, but mm-hmm. that should move us to try and do something about it. Um, that's one of the things when I read the Dalai Lama's book when I was like 15, 16, that really resonated with me was like worries. Either if you can do something about it, do something about it. If you cannot do something about it, stop worrying because you can't do anything about it. And yeah. it's so much easier said than done, but I've tried to practice that uh, ever since. And I definitely fall in again, just going back to like, I'm imperfect human like everyone else. But I think really practicing that, that helps a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, surrounding yourself, listening to podcasts like this or mine or finding friends who are into a similar thing really helps. Yeah. Jonathan, before we round off, where can people find out more about you? So you have the podcast? Yeah, I have the podcast and they can get those episodes for free at awarenessexplorers.com. Then I have all my books and free stuff uh, at my uh, website, which is findinghappiness.com. That's a good name. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Any other things that we didn't touch on that you think the listeners should, uh, should know about? Uh, Yeah, probably about 400 different things, but I think (laughs) I gave a lot of great information. And I think one thing, though, is to set aside a certain amount of time and energy and money, you know, just like we go to a gym, you know, twice a week. You know, I set aside an hour a day to either meditate or focus on working on myself. I've been doing that for 40 years and it pays off. That, it's a good investment. I definitely agree. I think that will be the final advice that I put into the quote afterwards. Make okay. sure to invest in yourself and stop up to like meditate or something else. I think that's mm-hmm. uh, that's pure gold. Jonathan, I will make sure to put uh, all the links in the show notes so people can find your stuff. So the listeners as well, you can find the website and so on and the links. Thank you so much for spending the time with me and the listeners today. My pleasure. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Island. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes on how to be the best version of yourself. And if you found this show helpful, then please leave us a review so more people will learn about the podcast or share with a friend who can benefit from it too. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.